Welcome back to The Process Podcast with me, your host, Danielle Copperman. It's one of the most natural things ever to do as well, is allow your body to shake. It's what our bodies do when we go into shock, so that we don't carry the trauma within our body that we've just gone through. Today I've invited on a dear friend of mine, Pip Roberts. I met Pip a few years ago. It was actually a meeting for a work project that had been organised on our behalves, but it felt more like coffee with a friend I'd known for ages. We immediately connected. I love Pip's approach to, well, just about everything in life. She's such a grounding soul and has such a refreshing approach to all things wellness. She really inspired me at a time in my wellness journey when I was being quite regimented to adopt a more open and relaxed approach to things. A yoga teacher, meditation guide and founder of Now Studio in Bristol, Pip is armed with rituals and resources for relaxation and just taking the stress out of everyday life. I instantly resonated with her style of yoga years back as it was so open and easeful. Her style of yoga is very much about you doing what feels good for you. It's a really welcoming way to get into yoga if you're new to it and it's also a really unique way of approaching it. It's very personalised and just more enjoyable, I think. In this episode, we talk about yoga, movement, meditation, diet, how to find balance, how to harness your intuition in all areas of your life, and also the power and importance of rest. Enjoy the episode and stay tuned for an exclusive Yoga Nidra session from Pip coming soon. Hi Pip, how are you? I'm really good, thanks Dan. How are you? I'm good. It's weird doing this with someone I know so well. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also really nice to see you because it's been so long. Yes. How are Country you? I'm really good. I'm really good at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, how have you found, like, this is a heavy loaded question, but how have you found this year? And like, how are you, how are you doing as we come to the end of it? It has been quite the year. Um, each moment is very different to the previous one, is what I've discovered. Um, hence my, I'm okay right now. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's been a lot of hard work um in all respects in doing the work that i offer people and doing the work on myself this year um it's been relentless but i'm pretty sure that everybody has had that experience this year too so mm-hmm. there's some consolation in not being alone i guess yeah it has been it's felt like that like we've all kind of been forced to turn inward but it's nice knowing that like it's like the only time in history like as I know it where we've all been pretty much in exactly the same box which is actually quite nice and reassuring and I think there's been a lot of like much more support around and just like people talking much more openly about mental health and just like how things are going and loads of memes which I've really (laughs) needed (laughs) like they're so accurate (laughs) Memes have got me through 2020. That is my one (laughs) salvation this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But especially like, because you, so you've kept the studio open, Mm -hmm. but also had to close it a few times. So how have you found transitioning from teaching kind of one, like closely and physically Mm -hmm. and taking it virtual kind of like last minute unexpectedly? (laughs) Well, I, I didn't go unexpectedly. My 
move online for Now Studio was completely planned because oh, I chose true. to do it um, before we had to. So, well, I say completely planned. I woke up on Friday the 13th and I was like, mm. the studio is going online. And it was 7am and the 9.45 class started and then we moved everything online afterwards. So not, not hugely planned, but it was of my own will, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people didn't have. Um, it was, it's just been weird. Like almost everything that is so beautiful about gathering in a studio and doing yoga or sound baths or breath work, the community, the just being with one another and there being a sanctuary, all of that's been stripped away. Yeah. And I, I only opened the studio in 2019 and I spent six months creating this sanctuary to hold us. Um, and we were only in it for four and a half months yeah. before we've been online. So it's been quite tough, I'm not going to lie, but our community is really supportive. Um, the team, the practitioners have been amazing, um, mostly taking to it like ducks to water. Um, I think that's like the way, isn't it? You kind of just have to, this year, if it's taught us anything, to take it like one day at a time and just kind of jump and hope to flow almost, like totally. go with the flow. Yeah. yeah. One thing it's really taught us is that the space doesn't define what we do and we're really adaptable and that right now more than ever the things that we do in the studio so any of the practices that we offer to support your wellness they're needed more than ever now and more people have managed to visit us online because we're not limited by geography um, than I think we would have ever had come through the doors so Swings and roundabouts. Yeah, right? that's like um, a really good positive that's come yeah, from it, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And so I want to talk a bit about your style of yoga because it's obviously how we met. Me and Pip mm-hmm. met um, probably five or six years ago, maybe a bit yeah. more, when we were planning Auvignon um, we Festival. Well, you were planning it and I was coming on board and that's the first time we met. And then we ended up spending the summer on this like amazing island in Croatia and like (laughs) living the dream but um I really resonated with your style of yoga so much very quickly because I think I'd kind of only been doing yoga for a couple of years before I met you and like just kind of dipped my toe in or like was on and off wasn't really that consistent with it but I knew that I really benefited from it on a mental level but it was also a time where wellness was like booming in London and there were just so many techniques and fitness studios and stuff cropping up in London and I felt also almost a bit overwhelmed and I think there's so many different styles of yoga these days and some are so strict and rigid and some are a lot more free flowing and that is what I really love about your style and it's actually really rare I say that there's a a few but I haven't come across many (laughs) where I feel like it can be so personalized and you're encouraged to adapt like your practice and just take it easily and do what works for you so if you can talk a bit about your um, method I totally hear what you're saying about London yoga just to start right at the beginning Um, London is a really 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 hard place to live isn't it there's just this huge energy behind everything you need to push you need to work really hard you need to earn the money you need to pay your rent you're surrounded by concrete and metal and the whole environment is just quite oppressive and pushy. And I feel like that energy comes through in a lot of practices that are there because, you know, 
maybe as well those practices, the pushing and the striving, they help you live in London, perhaps. Okay. Um, but for me, it was all a bit much. Um, I was in my mid-30s then, and maybe I had been around the block more than a lot of the younger teachers who maybe we were seeing in the more fitnessy studios. And having tired myself out in a corporate job and then started to teach yoga, maybe my energy was a lot different. Um, and having been confined by corporate rules and corporate lives and shoulds and hierarchies and structure, I wasn't looking for that in my practice at all. So I did Anasara yoga, which is kind of straight to start with. But then I started practicing Strala with Tara Styles, which is totally freeing and moving in a way that feels good to you. Um, and kind, kind of throwing out the rule book, if you like, and it's super like, flowy. Um, I love what she says about it being like moving with ease. That is like a yes. good way of explaining it, isn't it? Rather than forcing things and... Exactly. Yeah. And I know you did the same training with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot, that's what I was practicing when I first met you. Since then, I've started to teach a lot more yin, but still bring in that kind of movement around it rather than it being stiff and structured. And then I found embodied flow, which was um, Tara Dudell's baby. And my teacher now, Satu, trained with Tara, and she does authentic flow. And it's just this way of, this is just casual throwaway <laughs> word it's this really beautiful way of finding a way to be with whatever's in your body so you move if you feel drawn into movement and then maybe you settle and still when your body's kind of drawing you to sit with whatever there is there and it feels to me like the most natural time of all of my day when I'm practicing like that and that's what I want to be able to hold for other people so that they can really begin to experience themselves as they truly are. And it sounds like such a massive hippie thing to say, but I guess I'm getting there now. Um, <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> I'm allowed. <laughs> I do guide yoga now. Um, but yeah, it's just, basically my practices now are just a place for you to do as you want, which quite frankly, we don't get to do very often. Um, and to do as you need as well, rather than it being... A type of yoga I'm a bit over labels like mm. at the studio everything's either called yoga when maybe we're going to move not always or unwind which is complete like um floor-based stuff um because I'm at the point now where I'm confused as hell by all of these genres and sub-genres and descriptions and I don't think they're helpful to most people yeah it's almost like it's quite a commercial approach to it, isn't it? And like mainstream kind of more like fitness and leisure than like this more holistic thing, which is what yoga is really naturally designed to be about. It's more exactly. soft and it's more about making time for yourself. Whereas now it's become maybe only in big cities, but it's become this thing that you fit in in your lunch break or you got to do rocket yoga so that it still actually feels like a workout or something like that. Whereas you're still not getting that stillness in your mind and I think a lot of people are like I don't need stillness I'm not anxious I'm not depressed I'm not like emotional I just want to like move my body and feel good but I think um, even if you don't need that mindful emotional 
element of it it's so good as a supplement to other workouts and fitness like running or cycling or just like hit and normal workouts it's so good to have time to just lengthen and kind of release your body as well I think super important totally. the yeah. big issue I've got with all of these really particular um precise names is it's when now you look at a studio it can feel a little bit like you're ordering a men off a menu you know you've got your starters your entrees <laughs> your mains Literally. and it's almost like I'd like my yoga medium rare and the whole point <laughs> in yoga <laughs> is that you go with no expectations you hold no attachments this is one of the basic moral ideas with yoga when you start to live it and if you go with no attachment, then you're not going in and asking for a certain type of practice. You're served up whatever the person you've gone to sit with or learn from or practice with. You're being served up whatever it is they feel is right for that day and that moment. And I think that when it's all like superpower flow with yoga nidra, you, that's, take, that's attaching right from the start. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like we should just find a teacher that resonates and just journey with that one. And it's I know good... it's tough. I know it's tough, but um, you just got to kiss a lot of frogs sometimes to find yeah. the right one. It's yeah. a good analogy that, like, you know, when you go to those restaurants and the menu is like fusion, you've got like tacos and buffalo wings and pizza and pasta. And you're like, where am I? Exactly. You also know that when the menu's huge, none of it's going to be that good. Exactly. You want to go somewhere where it's got six things and they do it really, really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's a good analogy. And how does, like, I really like the idea that it's very personalised as well, because I think Mm -hmm. when you go to those studios where there's so much on the menu and you're kind of like going, well, it's a timetable, but I'm calling it a menu now. (laughs) Um, But it is a a menu. They're like snacks. They're movement snacks for people, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, but when you you have so much choice or you, you end up going to a class that's like maybe sometimes they're so big as well now, there's like 30 to 50 people in classes sometimes with you. And I think it can really, you can lose that personal side or that it's intimidating I think is what I'm trying to say it's like intimidating to choose and to know where to go it's intimidating to walk into a class full of loads of people who you assume are just going to be so much better than you and it's intimidating because you don't really know what to choose that's right for you and you don't necessarily get much support from a teacher who's spread quite thinly and I think that is especially in the beginning of your journey into yoga it's so important to have someone to, to kind of make adjustments but also just to talk to you and get to know like how you're feeling what your body needs and and suggest things yeah I've been learning a lot about accessibility in yoga this last year has brought some huge changes into where the lens that we should be looking through especially as a studio for me I mean I've never run a studio before this last year and like opening up and noticing and feeling in fact back into how it felt to be new and things like this so that I can start to make what we do more attractive to the people that don't do it. So this is kind of why I've set the studio up as well. Bristol's got a really thriving yoga scene. There are a lot of guides. There's a lot of studios and a lot of places are ultra spiritual. They're really far out. They're like, a lot of people are very into their practices. But then there's the average person walking down the street who maybe sees that and goes, holy smoke you know that's mm-hmm. that's a bit wild and they're the people I really want to work with yeah. um I want the people that I can chat to in the pub about it 
and lead a real balanced life. So it's kind of like a gateway studio is what we're kind of calling ourselves. Um, and everything's really accessible in terms of we don't make things complicated. Every single practice, there are loads of variations thrown up and it's not advancements and it's not levels. It's you can try this or you can try this or you can try this. And we leave it open to what that person's feeling like that day um, and what their bodies want to do as well. Because all of our bodies are different shapes, right? Like down to the bones, not just looking from the outside. Our bones are as different as teeth are. This is what I always find a really good reminder. Yeah. Like if you think about because they're, te- they're bones, right? <laughs> and each of us, if you think about the wide range of teeth that you might see in a huge day, our bones are even more different than that. That's just a marker of how different we are inside. And to be able to offer stuff to accommodate more people um, and how they do is really what the studio is about. So we get, we try to be as accessible as possible in everything that we do and kind of lose that scariness that we can quite often forget exists. Mm. And I think yeah. it's important because yoga has come, it's become this thing where it's something you progress at and you're always getting better at. Whereas what I like about what you're saying is that people can just use yoga as as it was intended to be used just to kind of reduce stress or to spend time getting back into your body and the mind-body connection it's like you can go to a session and and then not go for a couple of weeks and go back and you can just go every time you feel like you need it rather than having to kind of master your headstands and evolve and get better it's like you don't have to have this real interest or competitiveness to be really good at yoga and to always be evolving I think it's just knowing you can have it as a ritual to come back to you anytime you want and it doesn't have to be intense you don't have to do like a specific flow you can just do like little things you pick up from class and you can do it your own way yeah totally the idea is that everything we offer is a tool to help you either learn about yourself or maybe be a better human um, or tap into your creativity and whatever else you have stirring inside that's kind of untapped at the moment and yeah, headstands are cool, but they're probably not going to change the world, are they? Mm, just flip it upside down for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and can you talk a bit about Nidra and Yin? Because I love yeah. your Nidra. It's probably the best I've ever done. I remember falling asleep in one of your classes in London and waking myself up <laughs> with like some weird noise because I was so deep. <laughs> but it was so good. And so what? where does Nidra come into this? And for someone who's completely new to yoga or just never heard of nidra what is it and why do you love it i'm so happy at the moment because there seems to be a huge upsurge in people that are talking and practicing and sharing nidra which makes me so happy because i feel like the tide is turning away from handstands and now people are like hey this is this is the good shit um yoga nidra is well it translates loosely as yogic sleep but in it we don't actually sleep it's a really powerful practice that allows your whole body to begin to slow down. So you sort yourself out on a physical, a mental and spiritual, emotional level as well. Like the holy trinity of rest. I love them so much because they're four times more powerful than sleep for your body. So if you do a 20 minute nidra, it's like an hour and a half power nap, like really solid, proper rest. Okay. And when we are exhausted, when we're doing a lot, we need to practice resting quite a lot and to be able to practice resting in 20 minutes and get all of that goodness out of it 
I feel is really powerful. It's like a superfood for rest almost. So I absolutely love them. And I, the thing is, I really enjoy creating them as well and kind of penning them out. But yeah, I go to sleep with a specifically written sleeping nidra every single night. Um, my other half hates it because there's always hippies chatting as we go to sleep. <laughs> but he, they really work on him too, but he just doesn't appreciate the magic that I'm bringing for Yeah. And so how does it work? Is it more of a, it's less yoga, like on a movement level, oh, isn't yeah, it? It's, sorry. it's more, like, more meditation. Yeah, it's a meditation, but it's not a meditation that you have to work at, which is another reason I like it. Because I'm kind of, I often take the path of least resistance. That's what ease is, right? And... For me, yoga nidra is the path of least resistance with meditation because you don't actually have to listen to it. Like you can let it play and you can hear it, but you don't have to actively listen and stay really connected to it. If your brain wanders off, that's fine because your subconscious is still taking it all in and therefore the words are still landing and your body's still in it. It's so good. It's so cool. <laughs> so good. And is it, would you say it's more just solely for relaxation and sort of it depends so you can get different nidra with different intentions behind it it comes in a few parts usually there's a body scan some breath work and then a visualization it depends how long it is also it depends how long you stay awake for because <laughs> personally i know i very rarely remember much past like my right shoulder of the body scan which is very early on if you've not done it it starts at your right fingers usually and comes to your right shoulder and then I've normally gone into another world um so it depends how much you stick to it but they are usually the parts that are there and it depends on the visualization sometimes you can travel within your body and find things you need to work on I guide energy around the body guide yourself to a quiet sleep this is where it's really fun to get a little bit more creative and begin to allow people to shift their state. I think that's the best way of putting it, if they mm. want to. But yeah, it's it's such a powerful practice. When somebody's deeply relaxed like that, so much can happen. Your resistance drops and you become way more open to stuff. So that like it can kind of benefit you, not just in the moment, but if you're practicing regularly or... Um, totally. Yeah, you can kind of benefit for it. Yeah. I quite often do them before I practice my physical asana. Maybe I'm not, traditional yoga is brilliant, firstly, and it has many very, very good ideas. But I think we can get stuck in tradition sometimes. And people are like, oh no, you have to do it after you've done your asana. And I'm going to say balls to that. Practice it before, because when you kind of do your rotation of consciousness and you feel all of the parts of your body before you start to move them, when you start to move them, you're coming from a really connected place to begin with. Rather than trying to move, trying to balance, shifting your weight into one foot and lifting that other one through. It, it brings you together and rests you so that when you start to move, you're connected and you're rested. So anything you're doing that's more physical, more active, is just going to be better, mm. I think. It feels so much better to me. And my movement patterns and my physical ability and yoga isn't about physical ability but I feel stronger and there's a, just a little bit more spice to my body I think mm. if I start connected um, yeah I agree yeah. I mean I started recently doing on days when I can't necessarily be bothered or I'm not feeling motivated to work out I 
start with a bit of yoga or just kind of stretching we could probably couldn't even call it yoga and that is very similar to what you're saying it really helps you to kind of get into your body start slow move around feel how you're feeling like really ground and I always feel like way more open and ready to work out and kind of like I want to move my body more once I start like kind of slowly so I really think that makes sense it it is it totally makes sense it's just managing people's expectations of it if people come and see me for 60 minutes of practice and I do a 25 minute nidra some people that don't come very often are like but we just laid on the floor for the first half I came (laughs) to move and I'm like but you know how it is. Maybe they aren't my people. Maybe their teacher is up the road doing some power <laughs> yoga. Yeah, um. but that's something else which I love because there is so many different types of yoga and I think it's yeah. important to know that there's different people and different yoga for different people. So totally, someone might like right now might not be right for someone else. But I think also it's important to notice or to understand that things will always change and people can try different things you don't have to stick to just one specific type and that's what I really like about your style of yoga is that you can adapt it to yourself personally and you can kind of supplement it with maybe more intense yoga if you want to do more kind of workout and energetic stuff but I think yeah that's definitely something so important I think day to day what you need changes and you can make a kind of cocktail of things that work for you. A lot of time I talk about rest as part of my practice and that is what I love sharing the most but what people quite often misconstrue about why I talk about rest so much they think I'm just laid around all the time and like I'm like no we must rest all the time and that's absolutely not what I'm about like there are times where I do really active stuff that is maybe sneakily strong still really slow but draws us into this place where maybe we're really having to integrate movement we're not just throwing ourselves around up and down with wild abandon so there's this juicy strength that we can play with but then also I'm kind of saying because life is full of active we're so good at doing stuff I'm kind of calling everybody to rest more as their yoga practice rather than be flinging themselves around in a gymnastic way Mm. because I think that that's maybe maybe what people would benefit more of the balance so if your life is super yang and you dash around your commute's hell, you know, your work's got you running around all day, that's when we need the quieter, restorative stuff. If, I don't know anyone that does, if you're just laid around all the time, maybe you need to bring some more energy into your body and move it more. And maybe that's when we need the gymnastics. I don't know. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Definitely. And I guess that aligns with your teaching and practicing in embodied flow or authentic was it is that kind of the concept well that's being with whatever your body wants to do so it's almost your body takes you off on this dance on its own without it necessarily being a dance but just there's a lot of wild journeys that I've taken in my body in the last year like traveling or feeling into all of the cells in my digestive system for instance and it's absolutely mad how different feeling into the cells of your throat feel to say your stomach and your colon it sound, again, it sounds really far out and this isn't the type of stuff I guide people in in, in <laughs> 60 minutes. But the experience that we can have when we're in our bodies, it blows my mind every time I go deep in there. You know, the feeling into your body and moving with it is it's way different to learning how to do a down dog. And that for me is this kind of practice of connection. Mm. And, you know, there, there might be down dogs involved. It's not to pin out down dogs. Yeah. But when we start to really feel into our bodies and notice the communication that they're 
giving us. It's absolutely, it's literally, it's, it blows my mind. Everything in there talks to us so loudly. Mm-hmm. But it's by listening to it and moving in a way that our body wants and feeling into that freedom that these conversations our body's having with us become really loud. Yeah, only in the stillness, right? You can exactly really hear things. Yeah, exactly. Or when you start to listen or when you hurt yourself. That's the other exactly. thing. If you, if you don't listen and then you hurt yourself, then your body shouts at you. Yeah, yeah. it always <laughs> manifests as like more dramatic than if, than you, miss, if you miss the like subtle cues. It suddenly comes through and like yes. rips the rug from beneath your feet just to kind of wake you up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Kind of like yeah. COVID. <laughs> but I think balance is another really good topic and I always talk to you about this when we're catching up because I think you're, again, quite a, an exception to the role of like many of the teachers I've met and just people in wellness in general and or, or how wellness can seem to someone who's kind of not quite into it yet and from the outside it can seem super intense and restrictive and like you have to know all these different things and there's so much to know and there's so many different methods and there's so it's it's honestly never ending all the information that's thrown at us these days and knowing what's right for you is so difficult unless you have the time to really figure it out but I think with you it's so different because you really like emphasize the importance of balance and like we can go and have a glass of wine and we can go and party but we can also go to yoga the next day and like I think it's just your approach is a lot looser and I think some people often think with wellness or things like yoga that they need to kind of be at a specific point in their life where they're ready to like settle into something or let go of like an old life but I think um don't get me wrong I've definitely had forays with stuff at one point I was I was trying to do let me start at the beginning Eh, way back (laughs) when I first got really into yoga I went on a retreat and really good retreat and Kate Magic was there guiding raw food and it was she was like this is great and I was like oh my god it is great and like eating avocado chocolate mousse all the time and dehydrating things and it was it was so tasty and we were in the sunny Spain eating a raw food diet and I felt amazing like so good when I got back I was like I'm gonna carry on doing raw (laughs) and then I'm like it's not quite the same now it's December and I'm in London and I'm freezing cold and I'm just drinking endless tea trying to warm up when in fact my body really wants proper pasta not spiralized courgettes you know it's you know I think I've I've made I'm really good at making mistakes and learning from them I think that's where the, the balance only way. has come from exactly I now realize that balance isn't one place so for me being strict vegetarian or strict vegan or strict raw is never going to make me feel balanced because as soon as I find I'm restricted and told to do only one thing that's when I get really uncomfortable and like and I'm busting out of my own skin maybe it's self-sabotage if we're going to go into that but as soon as I'm told I can't do something that's all I want to do so I I eat what I want most of the time it's vegetables you know a lot of the time it's sourdough and I drink yeah I mean I haven't actually been drinking for the last month which is really weird and yeah I'm not I keep trying to drink and just be like I'm not I'm not into orange wine at the moment <laughs> and then passing it on so yeah I I think just everything in moderation isn't it that's that's the key and don't be really stuck in your ways and think about balance as one place it's like if you're balancing on one foot there's a 
there's loads of movements. There's loads of work that goes on. You can feel it when you're in yoga, right? You can feel your foot rolling. You can feel your thigh lifting and the calves. There's so much effort in holding you in one place. So if you let yourself soften and wobble around a bit, it's all loads easier. And that's kind of how I come to food and come to keeping well. So some some months, some months I don't run at all. Um, some some weeks I don't run at all. <laughs> Other weeks I might run four times. It's just whatever I feel is right. It is true also. Some months I don't run at all. Um, <laughs> some months I don't walk. I mean, recently I've not really left this village in the last two months. So Thank God for your dog. I yeah, yeah. I, he's the reason I walk, really. No, but I like that analogy as well of like in yoga when you can wobble and just kind of like yeah. get back on track, you know, like... You can fix things and you can try things and it doesn't matter if you're... I mean, it's. I don't like the expression of, like, saying you've kind of gone off track from eating well and eating you've bad. like got a new path. Yeah, it's you're just like you... Yeah, I, but I like that it's... um. There's, yeah, I'm the same as you with diet and I've never been, like, strict vegan, strict raw food. Actually, Kate Magic, her book was, like, one of the first books I ever found and that's, like, when I was first getting into wellness and I was like, yeah. and it's, like, this bright orange one with, like, stars <laughs> all over one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so good, though. And I learned a lot about how good I can feel when I don't eat rubbish. Like, before I went on that retreat, I was still working pharmaceuticals at this point, so I used to drive my car around all the hospitals and go and talk to consultants about drugs that I was promoting. And I used to drive through McDonald's an awful lot at that point. Your eyes right now are brilliant. So I used to do drive through McDonald's. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this when I'm talking to you. <laughs> Loads. And then I went on a raw food thing. And can you imagine, like, the the step up in nutrition that my body was dealing with in that week. And I was like, oh my God, I feel amazing. And so she was like the gateway towards eating vibrant foods, let's call it that, yeah, rather yeah. than anything else. So just deeply nourishing and like jam-packed with things that just make your body feel really good. Yeah. So she, she completely revolutionised the way I eat. I don't eat like that very often now. But when I'm feeling, it's because I don't eat McDonald's though. So when I'm feeling low, <laughs> that's also binned out. When I'm feeling low, I know what foods now make me feel better because I've, I've eaten more foods than I had previously that I yeah. know nourish me and I can feel the difference. Mm. So it becomes a little bit more intuitive. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same. And I think it's not like you have to if you've got a cookbook like that you're not making like raw chocolate cheesecake every day just to be healthy it's like they they offer you just more ways to use really standard ingredients and yeah. definitely that's exactly the way I eat I mean I'll sometimes have stuff when I'm eating out or when someone else is cooking that I maybe wouldn't usually have day to day myself but I'm I just prioritize like fresh whole ingredients like fruit vegetables nuts seeds whatever but you can make them into these insanely delicious things and and I'm, I don't feel like I'm depriving myself I'd actually choose that now over a lot of the junk I used to eat because it just feels better and you know that you're energizing on like a cellular level almost mm -hmm. yeah you can totally feel the difference it's like do you want this really beautiful raw chocolate somebody's made or this bar of shop bought chocolate and mm -hmm. it's like 
have option A, please. You just you, you can feel it. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. You can feel it, and then you slowly begin to taste the difference as well. And it's instead of you leaving the chocolate and tasting the the healthiness of the the other thing, you start enjoying the healthy thing and tasting the artificialness of the other thing. Or the vegetable oil. I think yeah. Tastes like yeah. But I think again, like you said, it's it's all about intuition and like it does take some learning more about food and knowing how you can use it. But like you said when you're in Spain and it's hot you can have raw food and your body's going to love it because it's kind of also cooling you down and things like that and I've learned that a lot through like Ayurvedic meals and stuff that like we're all very different in types of bodies and what we need and through different seasons we'll need different things and I think it's that adaptability and like ability to just kind of eat seasonally eat warm foods when you're cold or if your constitution is better for example you need that, more yeah, yeah you need to be grounded that's why I stopped the raw food when I learned more about Ayurveda because I was like, oh, it's not really working anymore now mm. I'm at home. It was good on the retreat. But because my constitution is so vata dominant in the winter, obviously that wasn't nourishing me in any way. I needed like the soups and the stews and the heavy, mm-hmm. not leaves. Yeah. yeah. I had an SI bar for breakfast yesterday and I didn't enjoy it at all. I love them, but I was just like, this is just so cold it's and it's practically <laughs> snowing outside. Um, so I think that is really important for people just to kind of, even just to spend some time thinking about like what you can have in different seasons, what you can have, like learning a bit about your Ayurvedic type or like what makes you feel good listening to your body as well mm. and prioritizing like whole foods as much as possible if you want to feel good and that also helps balance so much in the body like emotionally and hormonally as well doesn't it it just gets rid yeah. of so many issues and ailments in my opinion like yeah, little totally. niggly modern day symptoms if you eat what's growing outside then generally you're going to be kind of in sync with what's going on around you so if you always eat the seasonal stuff your body's going to really appreciate it isn't it Mm-hmm. That seems to be the easiest way to work out what most of us should be eating, I think. Yeah, and, and it seems... add in what you need. Yeah, and it seems so out there and controversial, but it's actually like coming back to nature. If we arrived on Earth with no parents or people around or shops around, we would eat what we could find. And I think that's why, for me, it really resonates to eat like kind of nature's provisions and yeah. keep it simple. It doesn't need to be complicated. Somebody pointed out to me the other week that I can't remember who it was. Might have even been a podcast and not an actual person. (laughs) My friend on on the radio. (laughs) My friend in my phone. It could have been one of my friends on a podcast, but we were were talking about... There was a... (laughs) Anyone else ever have that? Um, (laughs) There was a conversation, I don't know if it was real or not, about biodynamic... (laughs) About biodynamic farming practices and how... They went on the moons and now this seems really far out and that's how Gwyneth eats and, oh my God, it's ridiculous. But that's how we used to eat. The farmers used to watch the moon and the moon used to tell us when to plant and when to harvest. And in fact, all of these things are coming back, not going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, was the whole point in the conversation. Sounds like a good one. If you can remember it where it's one. from, I'd like to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm always going to end with five questions, so I'm going to start with those now. Three things that help you to enjoy or trust the process of life, even when you're feeling kind of fear or doubt, or how do you lean into it and enjoy the process? Three things. It's tough. That's a big question. Um, Morning pages, writing three pages of 
quite possibly some of the most horrifying stuff that I've ever realised, I think, is what happens to me most mornings at 5.30. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you just let your thoughts become ink for three pages or 30 minutes when you've just woken up. And it's almost like a brain dump, a brain vomit. And that's really helped me with a lot of my anxious thoughts and my catastrophizing. That's why the book would be so horrifying to read because it's like the writings of a mad woman quite often. Um, Yoga Nidra holds me and it helps me soothe off any wild energy and shaking as well, just to explain, I can't You don't have to do it now. Verbally. And it's just allowing your whole body to shake, soften the knees, shake every single bit of your body, Mm. um, including your face. Maybe there's some weird noises that accompany it too. Mm, Um, Horse breath. That kind of thing. Um, it's, you know, Taylor Swift, shake it off. You shake off whatever energy, whatever thoughts, whatever stuff you're carrying. And mm. then you feel a lot more you at the end. It's a really, holy trinity of practices. That is. Yeah, it's a really energetic release, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Like, and it sounds so like weird or just so simple. But once you do it, it's your whole body is buzzing afterwards. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's like you're alive, it, like you feel alive. Yeah. It's one of the most natural things ever to do as well is allow your body to shake. It's what our bodies do when we go into shock so that we don't carry the trauma within our body that we've just gone through. And the really interesting thing is that there's loads of studies done. Just to give you a little history lesson. Second World War, during the Blitz, kids were fine. Like there'd be an air raid, everyone would be in a shelter all of the adults would sit there really stiff, like holding it together, don't let the kids see us upset. And the kids would sit there shaking and scared. And then five minutes afterwards, the kids would all be off playing football and they'd be fine. Maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement, but the kids would carry less trauma. And then the adults who had held it all in were literally holding all of that stuff in and not like letting it move out. Mm. So they carried more with them. There's practices called TRE, which is really specific stuff yeah. that is worth looking at. But we need to let these natural things move through. It's like the analogy of ducks in the water, isn't it? When they have like a little... Have you heard this one? No. You look confused. <laughs> I was like, she, she knows this. <laughs> it's like when they have like... An, I don't know how often ducks even fight, but when they have a little tiff in the water, they always like go their separate ways and like shake off their feathers. And that's like how I've heard it explained before as well, that we, when we have like, when we face traumatizing things or just have anxiety in in a situation, shaking it off, like we never stop and just like release the energy of that thing. We just get straight back into going like through life. So it's, um, yeah, I love that practice too. I do. Okay, two, biggest life lesson or pivotal moment that was perhaps unplanned but like a moment in your life that felt really like a light bulb moment or transformational i got made i got a surprise redundancy and it was six years ago last week and on the anniversary one of my friends had phoned up just because she's thinking about leaving her job and the most amazing thing is that that was one of the worst days of my life because i had always had a job since university and i'd done really well and then suddenly I had no job, I had no car, I had no phone, I had no computer because it had all gone back with my job. And yet it was the best thing that has ever happened to me. I have now realised. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah, it was the most terrifying day, but also turns out the best. Yeah. Weirdly synchronised on the Friday with me getting my yoga teacher training certificate that Sunday. 
Oh, I love that. It's just so pushing you in the right direction. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, but at the time, it was horrendous. Um, it's like, in situations like that, I feel like you probably would have clinged on to the job for longer as security. I already had done. I yeah. already had done. Yeah. <laughs> it was like we were saying earlier, like, life shouts at you when you're not noticing these little pings and the rug is pulled beneath your, from beneath your feet, but it's always for a good reason. Yeah, totally. Well, not always, but I mean, it's usually... I think as soon as you can start living in a way that you see these real rock bottoms as really pivotal moments, it's like changes your life because you stop freaking out so much and you start being able to kind of trust that it's just pushing you in a different direction. Yeah, totally. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was some good old divine timing. Thank you, old boss. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number three, recent discoveries. So anything from like books, podcasts, products, food, anything you like discovered recently? I am absolutely obsessed with face massage at the moment. I turned 40 last month and having had so much change in the way I work and now I'm screen faced and I've got the 11s between my brows because I'm (laughs) furrowed staring at Zoom like for six hours a day. My face really started to look like I was doing a lot at my computer and Katie White of Relax London has been doing workshops with the studio Love her. and changed my life. And to go with that, skin and tonic oils, they're really good. And Wild Source skincare too. We haven't heard of Wild Source. Wild Source is brilliant. It's another Kate, Kate Roth. She is Bristol based. She is a total babe. And her skincare is absolutely banging. Amazing. Yeah. It's all like natural and... Natural, made by hand in small batches. Yeah check her out so they've literally kept me kept me from looking so stressed this mm. year even I'm when sure we all else do is... everyone is living for yeah. a screen right now exactly they are my two women of the year i think <laughs> pips women of the year <laughs> i'm gonna put them in the show notes as well so everyone can like check cool. them out but i know like already i've had a treatment from katie it was so good um okay favorite meal at the moment what are you like Cooking all the time. It's always breakfast. (laughs) Just any breakfast, basically. (laughs) I've really been enjoying, like, a stewed rhubarb with granola Mm. and cashew cream in the last few weeks. I've literally got a blender full of cashew cream out there still on the counter from this morning. (laughs) Um, But also boiled eggs and soldiers. Mm. Simple. Keeping it basic. Poached eggs on crumpets and marmite on a Sunday. This is beginning to sound like a menu now. (laughs) Yeah, breakfasts. Any any breakfast. Okay. I like the the first one actually. I've been doing like stewed apples, like hot fruit in the morning with cashew cream or like some kind of yogurt is really like grounding and nourishing for me. Yeah, I really like it. Um, final question, which is a few questions combined. What are three questions we should be asking ourselves regularly to ensure we're kind of on the right track, or just like some self inquiry questions that you think we should be asking ourselves more? They're, that's an absolutely banging question. So, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> wow. First one when doing yoga, how does this feel for me now? One just generally, how do I feel now, like mm-hmm. emotionally? And if you are working as yourself for yourself, the big question that I keep having to check in on at the moment is does this align with where I want to go? Which is really a really powerful question when you're self-employed or when you're starting out doing something because when the offers come in so good 
somebody wants to work with me. <laughs> um, the joy is real, but also you need to make sure that you're working with the right people and heading in the right direction. So checking in on how it aligns with where you want to go is it's really important. Yeah, I feel I feel that I do. I mean, last week I had a crazy anxious week. Like no emails were coming in. I wasn't really busy. And you know, when you're not that busy, you're like creating stuff to make yourself busy but it's not really productive at all I was there and I was thinking like I mean it takes me like three or four different like brainstorms or vision lists or like just to-do lists and be like what am I doing what am I focusing on and scribbling things out and like rearranging it and it it always takes me kind of like a week to get everything out and like restructure and everything to make sure I'm like doing what I really want to be doing or what's going to be like getting me on a track that I want to be on and I think we never really do this like self-communication thing and just yeah. kind of generally head down to keep going and yeah it's so. almost like having a boss isn't it Should yeah I do this yeah <laughs> what do you feel about this someone <laughs> to, grab to talk to exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly well thank you so much for joining me it's been really fun to catch up so have a good rest of your day thank you chatting with Pip she's such a breath of fresh air and I love some of the points she made on finding balance and prioritizing rest you can find Pip at now studio in Bristol or online for virtual classes during this time I'll also leave her Instagram in the show notes as she shares some great content there too if you enjoyed this episode please share it with friends or family you think might enjoy it and also look out for Pip's guided episode where she'll be sharing an exclusive yoga nidra session for us Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you soon.